Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show. Thank you for joining me as always. Do not forget we are going to be streaming some of these, if not the majority of these podcasts. So you can check me out on twitch.tv forward slash Simon316 or just search for Simon Miller's Wrestling Show on YouTube. I'm going to be dual streaming to both of them. Was meant to do it today, but look, it's really, really late. It's not at a time that anybody is going to watch. And also it's probably going to be a little bit of a short one as I desperately try to get every Everything done that I need to do this week. I don't want to get into it, but I didn't really make mention of the last um, episode, and some people did ask. Had to have random out of nowhere surgery a couple of weeks ago. These things are meant to try us. And yeah, for a good couple of weeks, I just needed to focus on me. <laughs> as over the top and silly as that may sound, but it was true. And I don't want to lie to you. But given the AEW blood and guts happened around about, well, less than two, more than, whenever it was. I was going to say 24 hours ago, but it's either less, it's more. I don't know. The concept of time has lost by me entirely. I thought we could do, look, it's better to better have something than nothing, although you can just choose to listen to it or not anyway. And I really did think it was a terrific show. You may have seen my ups and downs. I couldn't find a down among the bunch. Now, that doesn't mean there wasn't negative things within it. But the way that I review shows, in case you don't know, in case you're brand new to the world of Simon Miller, is it really has to not make sense or be outright bad to get a down. I don't want to crap on mediocrity or averageness. I think that's really unfair. <laughs> that's I get it all the time. People tweet me all the time with stuff like that. And I think, man, I tried my best, damn it. And it's not like I was coming from a bad place. Of course, everything deserves criticism, constructive criticism, as and when you can. But I also think sometimes it's good to take a step back and remember what we are doing here. But yes, I did think it was a terrific show from top to bottom. Uh, I would never have known that the first hour was taped and was shown to the live crowd on uh, the video screens. I only found that afterwards when listening to other podcasts and, and reading news sites. So that worked well. And, you know, maybe it was just the fact that we had a loud crowd and a real crowd as well. And that's become such a novelty because we've missed it for so long that it evokes something within you. I don't know. But yeah, that was terrific. And, you know, you could argue that the first hour was, well, it was kind of more than just, it wasn't there to pad things out. Because we've built to a tag team match next week. We're going to get SCU versus the Young Bucks. I'm going to assume the Young Bucks aren't going to lose their championships, which means SCU are about to break up. And again, within that, what was that that came out of my mouth? But within that, there is negative stuff. Because if we had done all the stuff that SCU had been doing on Dark and Elevation or wherever the hell they've been, if we had put that all on Dynamite, I think this angle would have been feeling just i mean it still feels pretty good i'm excited to see it and those guys always have good matches but i feel like you could have injected a ton more emotion into it so that when they do break up which again i assume they're going to it could have been one of those things we look back on it will still be good and it will still rock and i totally i was thinking about this the other day i don't think that we should just move the rankings to dynamite because then you take away not the worth of a dark or an elevation but you take away something from it and we shouldn't do that but maybe there's a way to just highlight it more maybe if we knew we were going to do this we could have had little packages of scu winning here there and everywhere so we would have been part of that journey because i mean i try and watch those two shows as much as i can but sometimes it's just not possible because there's a hell of a lot of wrestling in the world um but you know we set up that match which i think it would be good and i enjoyed the four-way tag as well uh it seems like we're going to do kenny omega 
versus Orange Cassidy at the Double or Nothing show. And again, was the Kenny Omega promo a little bit too long? Absolutely. You could have shaved five minutes off of that. But I liked everything else because, look, unless I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, we can revisit it in a future episode. That's more than fair. But I felt like it was just waving a flag to say, we're doing Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy at Double or Nothing. That means Orange Cassidy has to be Pac. You know, we can argue that one till the cows come home too. But just the evolution of that Orange Cassidy character, especially because I believe the plan is to have a packed house at Double or Nothing. I think they're going to try out sell, sell out Daily's Place, which is 5,000 people. And the Orange Cassidy gimmick always works better when you have a live crowd. So if we do do that, I think it'll be absolutely... It'll be different. It'll be wonderful. Maybe they've got something else bigger that can headline. I mean, you could headline that as far as I'm concerned, but I don't think anyone believes Orange Cassidy is going to win is my point. And these are the kind of matches that I want to see. Like when Orange Cassidy first signed to AEW, I did a video for What Culture Wrestling. Make sure you check out them too now. Go subscribe on YouTube, where I said I believed he'd be the world champion before the end of this year. Now I'm going to be wrong, because I think Kenny Omega is going to hold it for 12 months. But the fact he even got himself in the title scene, I am giving myself a Barry Horowitz type pat on the back. And even if it is Pac versus Omega, that's still good. But the fact that Kenny Omega rang Orange Cassidy down so much, surely he has to come back and whip his ass. You know, or at least get to the point where he can challenge Kenny Omega, take him to the wire, probably get fans going crazy and then ultimately fail because he's not going to become the champion. Or I may be wrong. Maybe he does become the champion. I would be flabbergasted because it just doesn't seem... That hasn't just seemed on the on the cards at all, but I certainly wouldn't be against it. And we had the tag match at the beginning, Moxie and Eddie Kingston versus Nakazawa and Omega. I just thought it was fun. It was nothing to write home about. And really, it was for the angle at the end when the Young Bucks came out, they distracted Kingston and and uh, and uh, Moxley. And I guess that's the... T- I think SCU will lose next week at the pay-per-view. It's probably going to be Kingston and Moxley versus the Young Bucks. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Maybe Gallows and Anderson get worked in there as well. Nakazawa just seems to be a bit of a polarizing figure. I mean, he's dumb. And if you watch any of my stuff, you know I like dumb. So <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was very happy with it. it. I think the Dynamite always or mostly starts their shows very well. It kind of plants the seed. It gets you comfortable and you go from there. Britt Baker whipping that, uh, I think her name was Julia Hart. I think that was her name, Julia Hart. You know, squash match for her. And it was a bit weird that we announced the title match, her versus Sheeta at the pay-per-view before the match. I thought it'd be great if Britt Baker could have won and then... Um, and then done that herself. But again, these are tiny things. If you're going to get worried about that. And also, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself because we will do predictions. I hope that Britt Baker wins. I don't, it's nothing against Sheeta. She's been a terrific champion, but the winds of change are blowing. And to not give it to Britt Baker, I think we'll be ignoring those. And if the crowd from last night is anything to go by, Britt Baker may get massive response too. We may have done a Rocky Maivia situation. Not that she wasn't really connecting as a face, but she's connecting far better as a heel. And I think people have enjoyed and respected her work so much. Yeah, she may actually get to where she was meant to be anyway. The face of the division, as some people in AEW called it. Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall, I thought was fantastic. You know, it hasn't been going on for crazy long, but they took all the story beats and they made sure they worked it in. I love the stuff with Anthea Gogo at the at the uh, at the finish of it all. People keep going, I'm sorry when you're so biased. Yes, yes. It's nice to see somebody from the UK achieve their dreams, not only in boxing, but in wrestling. So it's not a case of being biased. I just respect the man, and I hope to somehow emulate and follow in his footsteps if I am so lucky. 
You know, it doesn't mean if he did something terrible, like if he came out and got on the microphone and I don't know, said he killed a goat and then he had a match with a goat. I'm not going to go, oh, I'm going to give it an up because I like Anthony Agoga. I mean, one, nobody would do that, but I wouldn't. It'd be terrible. It'd be awful. So I'd give it a down. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to be more excited for someone like that because he has a story that's not similar to my own, but, you know, you can see parallels. That's just badass. That's just cool. That's why you have heroes in wrestling. You look up to them. And that's why representation is important because... It does. It lights a fire within you. And he goes, oh, if he did that, maybe I can do this. As crazy as it may sound. But still, the tombstone flipping around the place spot, that rocked. The near fall with the crossroads, that rocked. The Cody cutter counter into the other crossroads, that rocked. And the fact that Cody Rhodes won with the figure four after QT Marshall had been a bit of an asshole the whole time. Even though he said he'd never do that. It's just classic babyface heel stuff. Like if Cody Rhodes had done it after he said he'd never done it, would do it with no provocation, then yeah, he's a he's a piece of trash. But the fact that he was answering the challenge and doing what he had to do, and then we build right into Anthony Gogo versus Cody Rhodes, which I suppose is going to be the double or nothing match. And really, in terms of what we've seen, is Anthony's first match. So my word is he's going, he is going big time. Imagine your first wrestling match on an AEW pay-per-view where you know likely every other single match is going to deliver because, well, they're all premier workers. I don't doubt they will too. I think they will. And I think Cody Rhodes has proven that, you know, even with an inexperienced guy, just because you get inexperience from having matches like Anthony Agogo, he can do it. But I think I got a feeling about Anthony Agogo. That's another What Culture Wrestling video we did. So... I like being proven right because most of the time I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm proven I'm proven massively wrong. Loved Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page beating up Darby Allen. I mean, again, we're probably going to do something with them and Sting. Don't know how that's going to work in. Darby Allen is a madman. Despite everything we saw in Blood and Guts, it was still Darby Allen who takes the sickest bump on the whole show, threw himself down some steps, and I don't know whether you've ever fallen up some stairs or even just landed on concrete. It sucks, and Darby Allen does it for fun. And at the end of it, for about three minutes, I was like, oh my gosh, Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky should win the TNT Championship. I was wrong. And the reason I was wrong is because that Miro promo later on, oh my word. There were two things that really stood out for me other than the main event. One was this Miro promo. I'll butcher the line again, but the line was something like, the world's going to find out what happens when the man who doesn't mind dying meets a man who doesn't mind killing him. I was like, you're a Batman villain. I love this man. I loved him when he was Rusev. I totally admit when he first came into AEW, didn't necessarily have the momentum that I was expecting. Who gives a flub? Who, you know, it's all about where we get to and, you know, lighting that switch at some point. And that's been building up for the last few weeks anyway. But over the last few weeks, the last few episodes, I think he has been tremendous. Everything he did with Kip Sabian, this. And I think he can beat Darby Allen for the championship next week. I really do. I really, really do. Darby Allen is a star now. He's proven it. He's a ratings draw. He's hit that certain level where he's protected just because he's Darby Allen. And I just, I think Miro's got something at the moment. And I think a great way to uh, to jump on that is to have him become a champion. Because he said that, right? That's been his promise. If you've got a championship belt, then you're my problem. So I'm very, very excited about this. Very, very pumped for this. And yeah, the other thing was the John Moxley, Eugene Nagata video. John Moxley's promos are so good. Just believe, it's like Eddie Kingston. No wonder they're mates. Just believe every word that he says. It got me so pumped up. And to think we're going to see a, an NJPW US title match next week on Dynamite against someone like Yuji Nagata. That if you've been watching Eastern Pro Wrestling for years, you know who he's going to be. And they're not going to let it down. 
not in a million years. So yeah, I'm 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 excited for that. And then of course, I think it was like the last 45, 50 minutes of the show dedicated to blood and guts. It is war games, but that shouldn't have surprised anyone. I think AEW had made that clear, which means everyone's got to get in the ring after five minute intervals, and then it's either surrender or submit. You know, pinfalls don't count. We kind of tease that. And I just thought. We'll talk about the ending in a minute, which is what everyone wants to talk about. But I thought it was bloody. I thought it was brutal. I thought it was violent. I thought it was different to other War Games matches that we've seen in the sense that they, you know, they work to more, I don't want to say the other matches. Usually with these kind of things, especially in WWE, it's, I mean, it's violent and it's aggressive and there's crazy bumps, but there's a spectacular nature to it. I'm not saying this wasn't spectacular, but like I said, it was more dirty and it was more grimy and it was all kind of like guys fighting in the mud. But that's actually why I liked it because it felt fresh. And the fact that it was called Blood and Guts, even though it's based on war games, it did allow it to sort of, rules aside, have its own identity. And I also thought it was booked well throughout. I only found out after the fact that the, the Wardlow bit wasn't actually broadcast on television. I watch on Fight TV, so I don't know when we're getting adverts and when we're not getting adverts. I thought that was a massive shame because I thought everything they did with him and Jake Hagar was really good. But Sammy Guevara shone, FTR shone, Santana and Ortiz shone. I mean, there wasn't a bad person in this match. And, you know, we built to MGF and Jericho at the end, which it always had to do. They're the leaders. They have the, I don't want to call the main story, but the story at the moment that is sitting over everything else. And, you know, some people, I don't know what people wanted for the finish. And it's not the most shocking thing I've ever seen. Maybe that's what we were looking for. But I liked it because it was based on emotion and it was based on friendship, right? Which is what you would have if you were in a group, especially because it was Sammy Guevara that surrendered. And there's a whole backstory with that too. But, you know, MGF was essentially going to murder Chris Jericho. That's the narrative. MGF was going to chuck him off the top of the cell unless, you know, someone on the inner circle surrendered. So to save their pal, that's what Sammy Guevara did. And it was almost like a hostage situation because another argument was, well, why didn't someone just climb up the cage? Well, because the same reason you don't bust into a hostage situation if a crazy dude has a gun pointed at some innocent people. They may pull the trigger and MGF could have thrown thrown Jericho off. Of course, because he is the worst person ever. He does throw Jericho off, who, yes, landed on a crash pad. Now, there seems to be two thought processes to this, and I want to address both. If you just think they could have shot it better from a production point of view, that's fine. You can have that criticism. I won't lie. Don't care. Just don't. I tried and I sat down and I really thought about it. And I was like, well, I know what wrestling is. It didn't take me out of it. I'm still amazed that 50-year-old Chris Jericho was happy to take that. Even if he is landing on padding, I can't think of anyone. Well, there's some crazy people. But most people would be quite intimidated to take that bump because you're a normal person, right? And that's how human beings work. Darby Allen would have made it 700 foot taller, but that's Darby Allen. But there is this rhetoric and there is this line of thinking, and I know because I've had it on Twitter all the day, uh, cheap plug at Simon of 316, that aren't happy with the padding. <laughs> they think it was too much padding. And that even from the far out angle, which we also did see during the replays, that we shouldn't have done this. I'm like, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to kill Chris Jericho? He gets to work. Tony Khan says, sorry, Chris. We've decided to throw you off a cage into the concrete below. Do you have a problem with this? Yes, Tony. <laughs> I do, you flubbing maniac. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. Look, do you want to make everything look amazing? Yes. Do you want to make sure that the magic is always protected? Yes. But is the safety of the performers paramount to the whole thing? Yes. And every time I say this, people go nuts, but I don't care. It's how I feel. Sometimes you've got to be honest. Even if a wrestler gets injured midway or they start bleeding, if whoever's in charge feels like we need to send somebody out there 
to help that person, then that's what we should do. And the reason that we should do that is because health and safety is the priority. These are human beings with families and lives and well, uh, well, well, what am I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They're just well. They need to need them to be well. I don't know what I was trying to get at. And it's just not worth it. So if you want to pad the crap out of it, also, I can think of two worse bumps from over 20 years ago or up to 20 years ago. Triple H, Undertaker WrestleMania 17, that one that Triple H took. Again, I don't mind it, but it didn't look like he actually got thrown onto anything. And of course, Armageddon 2000 with Rikishi, who took the most planned bump of all time. But I still think about it. I still remember it. I still think he was nuts for doing it. And I also like the way that the narrative played out. MGF is the biggest asshole in the world. Chris Jericho is probably going to be off TV for a few weeks. I thought it was a really good way to end Dynamite. And I know that people aren't going to agree. Simon, you're an AEW shill. Well, that's interesting because I've not received one paycheck to the post. I'm still waiting. I just like what I like. And I want WWE to kick ass. And I want AEW to kick ass. MLW's on Vice now. I hope they kick ass. Ring of Honor, Impact, all of them. I just love professional wrestling. And sometimes I don't like professional wrestling. So that's that. You know, it goes both ways. But I thought it was a really, really good show. Next week's show is, is un, you know, so stacked and so packed. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, so maybe they'll they'll do a huge rating off this. There is some uh, criticism, the wrong word, but there is some uh, the word I'm looking for speculation that it was there was a Mexican holiday yesterday where a lot of people are out. So maybe they're not going to watch AEW. But again, I don't really care about ratings. I want everyone to do good ratings. I just feel like when we walk down that road for too long, it gets really really tiring, and it just becomes people yelling at each other. I'm like, man, you know what? I can't be bothered with this. There's also no major injuries from AEW Blood and Guts, which I find tremendous. Uh, or not even tremendous, surprising, because there was so much blood, which was another reason I thought it was called the Pinnacle All World White, because I assume they knew they were going to bleed, and so they bled. Uh, before we do answer some questions, because I do have a few more from the other day, we do. I can't remember if we talked about this on Tuesday. I don't think we did. I can't remember when it happened. Maybe Wednesday. Daniel Bryan has left WWE. His contract expired at midnight the, the the night after, or the same night as he fought Roman Reigns and got banished from SmackDown. And as it turns out, all this stuff he'd been saying about, hey, you know, maybe my last WrestleMania, what's going to happen, where am I going to go, is because his deal is up. Now, look, is there a huge chance he signs with WWE? Of course there is. Like, come on now. That just stands to reason. They're probably offering him a lot of money. If he gets other offers from other companies, that money will probably double, triple, quadruple. And it all depends on what he wants to do. And the interesting thing with Daniel Bryan, as he has said time and time again, is that he only wants to wrestle. Doesn't care about money. Doesn't care about having success in wrestling in terms of being the main event or having a championship. He just wants to be able to wrestle. So it all now depends on what works best for him. I mean, when it comes to the WWE later on in the year, I presume they're going to go back to quite a hectic or at least a more hectic travel schedule. Does he want that with his new family? Arguably not. AEW could offer him something a bit reduced. They'd probably be more lenient and flexible to what he could want just based on their and their business model and their foundations. Really, I hope he becomes the first guy to go back to a territory system where he's able to go wherever the hell that he wants. I would love that. I, I just There's just something about Daniel Bryan which I find effortlessly likable. And there's so many matches I want to see him in. I mean, Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes versus Daniel Bryan, even though it's kind of a WWE match. I'd take Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan again. Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Miro. I mean, we could do this all day. I and mean, there's a Roosh, Andrade. Uh, Minoru Suzuki Okada like this just you could do this all day and every single one if nothing else I think we'd all be intrigued I don't know when we're going to find out how the hell would I know I imagine he's going to take some time to think about it I imagine he's going to get a lot of amazing offers 
if he does go to AEW, I think that will be a coup. And, you know, some people on Twitter disagree. I think it would bring some extra people in. Again, even if it was just for the curiosity of trying to figure out what on earth they're going to do with him. And, you know, furthermore, if they were able to bring in both Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan, I know people get all former WWE guys. I think they're stars. I think they're main event players that walk into the world title scene tomorrow. Like, imagine in a pay-per-view down the line, they do Kenny Omega versus Samoa Joe versus Daniel Bryan. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I'd make sure you do the singles matches for a while first because you don't want to dilute it. But I know Laps fans that would get into that, even though it was AEW, and they may not even know what AEW is. You know, they grew up in that sort of Ring of Honor peak era. So they know about American, the American Dragon and all of that. They just don't like modern-day WWE. And by the time AEW had rocked around, they were out of the routine of watching wrestling. So they didn't want to watch it anymore. So I'm going to be massively excited about that. And look, the, the two things people don't seem to want is him going back to WWE or retiring to spend time with his family. That's the weirdest thing that anybody ever says to me. Oh, I can't believe he was tired to spend time with his family. Dude, you need to get a real problem yesterday. And if he stays with WWE, that's fine. I mean, he's had a pretty good 2021, right? Smashing matches with everybody in the WrestleMania main event. Great banished SmackDown contest. So I don't mind what he does, as long as I can see him wrestle. And if he wants to retire, well, I've got the WWE Network because I still live in the UK. <laughs> I don't have to watch it uh, on Peacock. So questions before we wrap up this mini version of Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. Josh says, hey, Simon, do you think the current will ever pick back up again properly? I mean, I think back to even five years ago, and it was so much better. It's a shame how much Raw has seriously dropped. I don't think I've seen it in a worse state. Well, mid-90s, maybe. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, look at SmackDown. SmackDown right now is a great show, and there were times when it was a little bit ropey as well. So they found their feet. All we really need to do is come up with some badass storylines and structure the show a little bit better. Because Raw always feels a bit messy to me. We'll have to see. But I would agree with you that it's not overly fun to watch Raw at the moment. I can kind of get enjoyment out of all other wrestling shows. And I still do do it Raw because I get to do ups and downs. But it's, it, it's getting harder. That, I think, is fair. Obviously, Dath Eye says, are you Johnny Sins? Have to get one of them, <laughs> at least every one. Jesse says, is Roman Reigns your tribal chief? Of course he is. Roman Reigns is everybody's tribal chief, and we must respect him. MD125 says, is Bray White in the doghouse injured, waiting for the perfect feud? The decision for Orton to win at Mania had to be a last-minute change. Excuse me. Well, it was a last-minute change, as far as we can all fathom from what came out afterwards. And I really don't know. And the problem we have now is that Alexa Bliss is doing the Fiend stuff. I don't need two Fiend characters on my show. That would be rubbish. So I don't know what we do. Is he coming back with a new character? I mean, there's every chance, and I'm, this is just speculating, but I did think this the other day. Luke Harper, you know, John Huber, did pass away, and they must have been close. And that must have been a reason he was kept off TV for longer than we were expecting. So maybe he just needs some time to get over that. I mean, moving personal stuff out the way. The Fiend, to me, is kind of done. I know that's a terrible thing to say, and people get mad. But I don't know what else I need to see from that character. I don't know what else we can do with it. I was always a big advocate with the Firefly Funhouse, but I kind of feel like I'm done with them as well. I wouldn't mind him coming back as the Eater of Worlds. But then, you know, is, is that character till, still too sullied as well? I don't have the answers for it. But I do not know. I don't think he's in the doghouse or injured. Why they change it last minute to Randy Orton, I don't know. Although, RK-Bro is the best thing on Raw. Although you could have done that without him winning at Mania, but that is a shining light. Uh, the Cowboy says, why do we never get a Gilbert versus James Ellsworth match? Well, it's because I value my time, and I don't want to be on my deathbed and be like, oh man, I can't believe it. Um, Air in my lungs says, most of the women on AEW don't belong to a faction. Which wrestling women do you think could fit in with the following groups? The Pinnacle... Well, Britt Baker, I would suppose, right? The Inner Circle. 
probably someone like she no she is too she's not clean cut but there's a goodness to her and the inner circle are a bit like thugs that's a really really good question maybe a nyla rose in the inner circle someone like that team taz oh layla hirsch 100 percent. the factory uh so you want someone that's quite up and coming and a bit of a badass Penelope Ford, maybe someone like that. Is it a bit weird? I don't know. The Dark Order. Well, they've already got Anna Jay. She's just injured at the moment. Um, the Nightmare Family. Red Velvet's in the Nightmare Family, is she not? So that one would work as well. That's what I would do. Um, some uh, Maroxide, sorry, says, isn't it Repo Man? Oh, it's in response. Some Mark says, who's your favorite wrestler that the industry seems to have forgotten? And then Maroxide, isn't it Repo Man? That would be correct. People think I'm joking about Repo Man. He genuinely entertains me. Neo says, do you feel like Darby Allen uh, matches are repetitive? He always gets beaten up for 8% of the match and ends up winning by a miracle. Yes, but John Cena matches were. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin matches were. The Rock matches were. Triple H's were. He based his on, you know, old Southern wrestling. So, I don't mind it. Look, I, I, I don't watch wrestling like that. I don't go, oh, this feels similar unless it is too much. I go with my instincts, though. And so far, I've enjoyed every Darby Allen match. And I think the story has gotten over why he's being beaten up for 30 minutes or so. So I'm like, okay, that's all right. And then he busts out a win. And, and it, that's his story, right? That's his character. That's his gimmick. And it's always going to be about execution. And they must have done a good job because he's a TV ratings draw. So he's definitely connected with someone. Also, if I do accidentally answer some questions from the other day, I apologize. I should have broken them up, but one may have got through. There's something about games. N64 memories. Which is your favorite from these two and why? And there's a picture of WCW, NWO, Revenge, and No Mercy. Well, in terms of my favorite, it would be Revenge. No Mercy is a better game. But WCW versus NWO, Revenge, I was so excited about. Because I played World Tour, desperate for World Tour. And World Tour was so good that when I saw all the improvements that revenge had i cannot tell you the excitement i had it was like one of the best days of my life and that was the same for wrestlemania 2000 and no mercy but again it's still brilliant 10 out of 10 but it's the law of diminishing returns my excitement was so much for wcw versus nw revenge you were never going to be able to peak it because it was based on the same engine but yeah brilliant my man jonathan says what are the odds that through long-term booking all of abaddon's opponents that she has bitten will end up being a zombie faction in time for a halloween event in aew we could get zombie zombie shida zombie rio and it could be the beginning of a terrifying new group i would like that i like abaddon a lot to me if you're gonna be that dedicated to your character and that dedicated to the cause you will win me over it's just it's just i just love it and she pulls it off really well She's also got some YouTube videos out there that are really fun. So I hope they do something more with her. I, 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 you know, I like those kind of characters. But as we just talked about the Fiend, you just got to figure out a way to make them work in the landscape that you present. Uh, Irish Wrestling Entertainment says, other than Cesaro, who else is a credible challenger for the title during the next six months? And then somebody else had posted a picture of Seth Rollins. Absolutely, you can do that. And I kind of feel like we planted the seed for that too. I mean, that's a difficult one. Biggie is there, but there's going to be a lot you'd need to do with him first because obviously, you know, he's still feuding with Apollo Crews at the moment. Apollo Crews could be a guy if he comes out the other side of this feeling that way, but, you know, you've got the heel versus heel thing there. Um, otherwise, my brain... I mean, you could do it with anybody. I mean, you could get Chad Gable in the right position if you just gave him a good story for a few months. But maybe nobody else is ready right now. But again, over the next six months, you could pick anybody and get it done. I would take a Roman Reigns-Rey Mysterio match. I really, really would. You know, Rey Mysterio, to me, is a quintessential babyface. Roman Reigns is the ultimate heel. 
I would get a lot out of that. I really would. Uh, Pippi says, Simon, what's the hardest? Oh, no, we did do that one. I remember. So, well, thank you, Brain. Uh, the Genius says, who is your current favorite bald pro wrestler? Well, Cesaro, but also shout out to Adam Pearce. And I'm probably forgetting somebody else as well that's bald that I regret. Christopher Daniels, anyone that's bald, you know, anybody. Rage, what are some of the finishes that you would not agree to take as a wrestler and why? Oh, no, I think I'd take anybody's finisher as long as I was confident they could hit it properly. If somebody wanted to hit me with a tombstone and then they said, oh, it's the first time I'm doing it, I'd be like, I'm all right. <laughs> Let's not do it. But I think you kind of base it on the feeling and the confidence you have in your opponent. Rusty Bucket Game says, hey, Simon, my question is, have you ever done any referee work? And if not, would you ever do some given the opportunity? Yeah, I've done refereeing a couple of times. I mean, mostly the reason I don't do it is because if somebody wants to book you on a show as a wrestling as a wrestler, then you're not going to be the referee and vice versa. And I'd always be booked as a, as a wrestler. Like, I won't say who, but somebody tried to book me as a ring announcer before the pandemic. And I was like, well, I'd rather wrestle. And they were like, well, we don't want you to wrestle. So I was like, well, <laughs> I have to say no then. Not that I didn't appreciate the opportunity, but I think you have to know what you're going for and, and go for it. Also, being a referee is really hard. You can't just step in and be a good ref. And you learn that quite quickly when you are an actual wrestler. It takes a real skill, a real eye, and a real sense of discipline to be a referee and to do it well it's a bit like a drummer in a band as soon as they hit a bad or they go out of time you realize when they're in time it almost fades into the background it's the same with the referee nick says simon does AEW have any casual fans i tried it and absolutely hated it so i wonder if anyone that isn't ultra AEW has any time for it and why well absolutely like there's a lot of laps fans that like to watch it because they think it feels like wcw uh, and nick more power to you you know, seriously, you've also got Sheffield Wednesday as your badge, so you've had a bad year. <laughs> I'm really kidding. I'm only winding you up. But I think what we have to stop falling into, just my personal opinion, is this idea that because we don't like something, everybody hates it. Like, and I mean that even with segments that we get on a show, there is so much wrestling within a seven day period. There is just by proxy going to be things that you don't like. And if you've tried out AEW and it's not for you, that is perfectly cool, man. That There shouldn't be any bias towards it. There shouldn't be any... Uh, vitriol there shouldn't be any fallout it should just be hey ho it is what it is and if somebody does like it it's the same way even if somebody loves raw we should be able to respect them for that but there is a, a mob mentality when it comes to wrestling and it's kind of nuts man for the mountain says do you think rosa or Britt baker could be the first aew double champ i think baker to beat Sheeta for the aew women's title rosa to win back the nwa championship over time rosa and baker to pick their feud up again and place both titles on the line again if you want to tell that story i wouldn't be against it i think the only problem with it is it's very similar to what kenny omega is doing and you don't want to repeat it too much. Something Chris Jericho said in an interview recently. They're having more booking meetings now to try and ensure they don't fall into a trap of repetitiveness. But again, if it was far enough removed and everybody wanted it, then that's what, you know, that's absolutely what you should do. John says, what do you think of the six-sided ring from TNA? Why did it never take off? Well, Jeff Jarrett would tell you that it did take off. He is adamant. That's the reason they got into toy shops, because it was something new and something different that would stand out on the shelves. Personally, I thought it was a cool idea. I mean, I'd watched a lot of MMA, so it wasn't too surprising. It did allow TNA to stand out, hence why we're still talking about it today. The wrestlers didn't like it. And I don't think that it took off because we're just living in a different world now where, you know, you, you, I don't know. I don't think having a, a visual difference is actually going to get you viewers in 2021. You need a more deeper product than that. But I like the idea. I thought it was quite smart. Phil says, if you were given the permission to be the next repo man, but for five years you could only wrestle under that gimmick, would you? Of course, Phil. Come on now. 
That's <laughs> easy. Uh, JM says, Simon, if WWE were to create an all-women's brand, what do you think would be a good name for the show? Evolution. James, do you think Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns is the next defining rivalry for the WWE in the coming era? Uh, no, I don't think so at the moment. It certainly could be, but I haven't felt like we've gone in that direction. I don't know who that could be at the moment. I mean, maybe Roman Reigns versus somebody. And yes, Drew is the other is the other side to that coin. I'm not sold on it, though, and not as a, as a defining feud, but it certainly could be. I think these are the ones that we've already answered, if I believe. Carl says, if wrestling content wasn't your job, would you still watch Raw? <laughs> I'm sure you'd watch everything else, but Raw, I mean, I probably wouldn't watch it every week at the moment, no, but I would keep up with it. Gary says, favorite Raw Rumble moment. Oh, man, I mean, there's loads. Ric Flair winning, John Cena coming back. Uh, Steve Austin in any of his victories was always was always fun. Uh, the final four after the '97 Royal Rumble that was you know I loved that when I was a kid. Oh man, there's a bunch, so many surprise returns too. I mean, you could throw edges in there, right? That was a pretty uh, that was a pretty that was a pretty big moment. I don't know why I struggled to come up with the word there, but it was a pretty big moment. Uh, Gunner says, "Do you think WWE will ever push someone to the moon and break the 16 times men's world championship record?" Yes, yes, I do, and it wouldn't be surprising if it was this year or next. In fact, I think that could happen. Jaden, why did you stop wrestling? Will you wrestle again? P.S. Big fan. I love your humor. Thank you, Jaden. I didn't stop wrestling. The world stopped wrestling. The pandemic hit and I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. There's been no wrestling in this company, in this company, in this country for 14 months. And as soon as I am allowed to go, I will go. Linga says, how did your future fight with Top Hat Man Gaming come to be? Hey, man, somebody booked it. And thank you to that guy. That's one of the matches I do have when wrestling starts again. Me versus uh, Top Hat Man Gaming. So... You know, keep an eye out for that one. What a strange, strange world we live in. That's going to be a thing. And we will answer one more by Real Da King or Reach Dat King, who says, why have the stories in the WWE deteriorated as time has passed? I don't have an answer for you, my friend. It's a good question. They're not as good as they once were. I suppose because there's less of an emphasis on long-term storytelling, less of an emphasis to sell pay-per-views because it's more of a content creation kind of a deal i don't have an answer for you but i you know i'll, I'll i will say that yes it's not as exciting some of it again i say that i've liked a lot of the stories on smackdown so i think we're focused on raw again you know i think everything with daniel bryan this year like i say is good i'm really into the cesaro stuff uh some people are a bit bored of roman reigns i'm not i think it's flipping fantastic and i watch it till the cows come home but yeah i just maybe there's too many chefs in the kitchen too many cooks in the kitchen whatever they say but it can always be changed it only takes a few months to turn that all around and on that note i will love you and leave you i just wanted to make sure i got a second episode out uh, this week as i promised to do uh, if you could come follow me on youtube that'd be great just search for simon miller we've already talked about where you can watch the show live thank you again to my patrons patreon.com forward slash simon 316 316 would never ever ever be here uh, without you guys especially after the last year or so so thank you very much uh, at simon316 on twitter and instagram uh, simonmiller.bigcartel.com for merch and i think that's everything i'll stop shouting things at you but i do appreciate you listening i hope you enjoyed blood and guts if not come and let me know on those socials otherwise have a good weekend we will be back next week we'll try and smash out two a week again and i love you very much and i'll talk to you then <laughs>